Welcome to the Kingdom Community. Many in the body of Christ long for authentic community and a spiritual family to belong to. We exist to connect, equip, and send you into the world to fulfill your destiny and advance the kingdom of God on the earth. To learn more about us, please visit kingdomcommunity.global. We look forward to hearing from you. All right. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining this live. Glenn Blakeney here from Dallas, Texas. And my guest today is Leila Nahabandi. She's Hello. joining us. Yeah. All the way from Melbourne, Australia. Yeah. And um, guys, thank you for watching this. Go ahead. We're on right now. We're on YouTube and Facebook and we'll be uploading the video later to Kingdom Community TV. You can check out the website, kingdomcommunity.tv, download the apps, Apple TV, Google, um, Amazon Fire. What else? Roku, which is, you know, Roku is now in Australia, uh, Layla. I'm not sure. Yeah. If you're aware of it. yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know of it, but sounds yeah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just stre- streaming TV apps. So um, yes. the many of the televisions pre-installed with the apps, which is really cool. And we're jumping on Samsung and LG in the next few days we should have been there already so literally almost anywhere in the world where you buy a smart television you can download the kingdom community tv apps and and be able to watch you layla (laughs) taking over the world yeah so good so hey guys let us know where you are joining us from again and go ahead and hit the share button we'd love for you to please help get the message out um it's going to be a really cool Uh, talk tonight we're going to hear from Layla her story and uh, she has a really powerful testimony and then we're going to just dive into a few other areas and just talk about what the Lord's doing around the world Um, yeah you know reaching uh, younger millennials Gen Z Gen Z whatever you call them depending on where you are in the world (laughs) and just what's happening in the church right now Mm. um post covid everybody's kind of like i don't want to talk about covid well Mm. i get it uh it's old but we're in a place where things have really really changed and Mm. uh, we definitely need to to take a look at what is the lord saying and doing and how can we really connect with people Mm. um so layla thank you so much for being with us Oh, thank you for having me. What an honor to be on. <laughs> oh, yeah. What an honor to have you on. Uh, oh, it's it's you. all ours. I'm I'm super excited about this. And Thanks. you um, have an interesting testimony in mm. that, let's just put it this way. You are Persian and yep. Irish. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Half how's, Persian, half how's Irish. How's that work out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You tell me. So, uh, yeah, half Persian, half Irish. I was born in England and oh, wow. raised in New Zealand. And then I've lived in Australia for the last, oh, I don't even know how many, 20 years, I think, 25 years, something like that. Wow. So, yeah, been a bit of around the world a bit. <laughs> Yeah, and you have an yeah. amazing ministry, and you travel oh, and you. and teach and preach, and and I know, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're gonna let people know more about that. But I just put your website on down oh, cool. below. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about your journey, your spiritual journey, how you came yeah. into the Lord. You come from a family that obviously wasn't mm-hmm. Christian, so tell us about yes. that. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, 
I was born into a Muslim family. My dad was Muslim and my mum met dad in England and they fell in love with each other and she actually converted to Islam to marry dad. And uh, they weren't super practicing Muslims or anything like that. It was just sort of a a religion that they had. Mum had grown up Catholic in Ireland, so she'd grown up around the nuns and, you know, doing a confirmation and different things like that, Um, but very easily sort of just converted to Islam. And then uh, mum and dad moved to New Zealand. And when we were in New Zealand, my auntie from Iran came to live with us in New Zealand. And we didn't actually know at the time but she was schizophrenic. And so we had my schizophrenic auntie living with us, young family. Mum and dad had, you know, the three of us kids all under five. And my dad's a professor of robotic engineering. So he was very committed to his work, his career, his academics. And so he wasn't at home a lot. And then mum was home a lot with my myself, my younger siblings and my auntie. And uh, just with her being schizophrenic, it was just crazy at home. It was just um, a really intense environment, really hectic. Um, My auntie would do things like I remember her having a knife in her hand and just threatening my dad. And it was just really, really hectic. And my mom sort of put it down to cultural differences. She thought it might be because, you know, she's Persian and she doesn't really speak the language that well. And um, we really had no idea that she was schizophrenic. Wow. And so um, my mum said to my dad, look, I, I can't handle this. I'm going to leave um, and basically took my brother and my sister and I and we moved into a women's and children's shelter and we lived there uh, for a little while. And while we were there, we didn't know, but we actually had a church group. Um, so friends of mine from school, their parents went to a church um, life group together and they actually started praying for our family. So they started praying for us, started praying that God would reveal himself to our family and that God would turn our situation around. And um, then so uh, one of these people in that group lived down the road from us as well, was one of our neighbours. And she reached out to my mum. She was good friends with my mum. She reached out to her, shared the gospel with her, just said, hey, I believe that, you know, if you give your life to Jesus, um, you can trust him with your life. You'll never regret it. And he can make something, you know, beautiful out of this mess. And so something really witnessed with my mum that what this lady was saying was true and was real. And so she ended up giving her life to Jesus. She was like, yes, I want to give my life to Jesus. Got baptised in their bathtub, uh, in wow. this lady and her husband's bathtub. So very unconventional um, sort of salvation story. So she gets baptised, goes along to this Pentecostal church, shout out to New Life Church in Palmerston, North New Zealand, okay. and gets really connected there. Um, we started going along to church. She moved back in uh, to the house with my dad and my dad um, then also started going along to church with mum and sort of just to keep mum happy and you know to keep the family together but then my dad also had a very radical encounter with the Holy Spirit Um, and so him being a scientist professor he was sort of going to do an experiment on the Holy Spirit so they're talking about the Holy Spirit all the time so he said okay Holy Spirit if you're real then show me and he really had this encounter with just the wind of the Holy Spirit and felt God speak to him and say, I'm real and Jesus is real. And so 
my dad being, you know, from that Muslim background was like, yep, I believe in Jesus. I want to get baptized. You know, this is real. And so from then on, I've just sort of grown up in the church. So from about six years old, grown up uh, in Pentecostal churches, both in New Zealand and Australia. And God's just done wonderful things in my life. And I think from having that experience as a young kid um, where we just saw darkness go to light and, mm. and just really saw Jesus come and invade our world. Um, I've never walked away from God because it's always been so real to me. The power of God and the reality mm. of Jesus has always been just such an incredible reality in my life. So I'm very thankful for that. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Now, yeah. one of the things that, you know, I know for you, obviously you're, you're in ministry, you do full-time mm. ministry, whatever you travel, you preach, you teach. I know you have a podcast. Like, So let's talk a little bit about that journey in yeah. terms of being called by God. What mm. happened to you? How did you get to the place where, you know, you're now mm. so active? And, and as you said, you, you have no doubts, you know, that the yeah. Lord is real. You have no doubts, mm. you know, what, obviously what he's called you to do as well. Would you share mm. that journey? Yeah. You? Of course. Um, so starting in a, in my church in New Zealand, um, I had some great kids church leaders who were just wonderful at just bringing out the gifts in people. And so they saw, you know, some sort of leadership gifting on my life. And so at, even as about a six, seven year old kid, they would get me to go to the younger age groups and help the leaders with different things. And so I started to get this um, just passion for serving the church and serving, you know, the people of God and helping with them with the object lessons and different things like that. Then we actually moved to Australia and in that church as well, we had incredible pastors and leaders who were just so great at just releasing people into ministry and calling and, and the gift of God on their life. And, um, so in this church, I sort of grew up in the kids' ministry as well, moved when I was eight years old. And wow. so in that kids' church, they would get me to do object lessons and offering messages and, you know, helping with different things there. And then I moved into the youth ministry and the youth pastors um, got me doing some outreach things in different communities and mm -hmm. some evangelistic stuff. And then they'd have me preach at youth and different things like this. I'd run a, a connect group, a life group. And so I just had lots of different opportunities in these churches as a very young person, just a, a kid and a teenager, to actually step wow. into ministry and actually lead. And obviously, they're holding my hand the whole time. They didn't obviously like, you know, let me do everything, but they really empowered me and equipped me in that calling. They recognized there was some sort of anointing, some sort of gifting there, and really made room and made space for me to be able to, you know, start to operate in those giftings at a young age. So I'm very thankful for those environments and the, um, those church communities that really did that in such a powerful and incredible way. Uh, and then as a teenager, um, I went to a conference and I felt uh, I'd always felt that God was calling me to be a pastor in, in the future. It was just something that I had this knowing. I know some people, you know, sort of stumble upon that later in life. But um, for me, it was from from a young age. I knew that's what God's calling me to do. And it was just such a, yeah, such a, a thing that I knew. So um, I went to a conference and uh, heard a preacher called Pastor David Hall, who I know Pastor Glenn knows, but some, some of the audience might know. Um, he's a, a revivalist, a pastor, a preacher. And so I heard him preach. And uh, as he was preaching, God spoke to me as about a 16, 17-year-old kid and said, I want you to go 
and serve under his ministry wow. and learn from him. And, um, you know, he's talking about revival. I had a passion for the revival and the Holy Spirit and God to encounter people in that way. And so I was, you know, 16, 17 years old. And so I finished school and, you know, I talked to my parents about it. Obviously, it took a while to convince them to let me move into state and, you know, go to this different church and, and serve there, go to Bible college. Um, so, yeah, basically turned 18, finished school and then moved. And um, the church at the time, Pastor Tim Hall, um, who's also an incredible evangelist, was running the church. And uh, it was in its very infant stages. So it was probably about 100 people, 150 people. And so um, joined the church, went to Bible college, did university and uh, did an internship there and just was serving in any way that I possibly could. So I was helping with, you know, ushering and running church news and the kids ministry and the youth ministry and just serving in any area that I possibly could. And uh, about a year later, um, Pastor Dave, um, became the senior pastor and he said, Layla, love to ask you to be the youth pastor. And so oh, I cool. started as youth pastor and we were in a very uh, low socioeconomic sort of um, suburb in, in Adelaide in Australia. And mm. so uh, there was uh, no ability to, c- to come on staff like, you know, full time or anything like that. So I was working another job at the same time and there was two young people in the youth ministry. So went down to the supermarket, found a bunch of young people. I was like, hey, do you guys want to come, you know, come to our youth event? And so just really evangelistic, sort of growing the ministry. And so good. I just saw God do some great things there. And uh, over the years, our church really grew to, you know, from about 100 people to over, well over a thousand people. And so we, I really did that journey with the church and um, was part of the youth ministry, young adults pastor, kids pastor. We launched a Bible college. I was a Bible college director. And then now I've sort of stepped into full-time itinerant ministry preaching uh, around the world. So that was sort of the progression from, you know, a kid all the way through to uh, what I'm doing now. Wow. So good. You know, what I love about that is the fact that you just jumped in and and you did all those things and you served Mm -hmm. and, and obviously, not only were you a blessing to others, but the experience, mm-hmm. man, that is so incredible. When I look back in, in retrospect over my ministry development, you know, and mm-hmm. spiritual maturity, one of the things that I feel was really missing was that opportunity. And wow. um, I think today more than ever, you know, I'm, I'm just... Mm-hmm jokingly uh say sometimes but it's true so the school of hard knocks is overrated so find (laughs) find a mentor find someone who will bring you on board and Mm. you know just allow you to serve and yeah you may fall uh but fall forward make mistakes but it's all good but you grow right so that's so good so amazing so let's just Mm. talk a little bit about your itinerant ministry now Mm. um and and what what you really focus on, like if someone yeah. said, "Hey, Layla, um, I'd love to have you come and speak at mm. my church." What what mm. uh, do you bring to the table, so to speak? What's your mm. kingdom contribution? Kingdom contribution. I love that question. Yeah, that's yeah, a I term think... I use. <laughs> <laughs> so good, so good. I think the passion of my heart is. Um, the revival of the church. And so, you know, I've do- I'm doing my PhD at the moment as well at the moment. So wow. um, everything is really focused on spiritual gifts and how we can see the church live in the fullness of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so yeah. everywhere that I go, uh, it might be different words and, and I have, you know, a prophetic word that I bring to the church. Um, but 
laced within that is always just a hunger and a passion to see the demonstration of the spirit break out in that church and really to have a breakthrough in that area and to set the pace then for that church moving forward. So when I leave, you know, on the Monday, um, the following week, you know, it doesn't have to die down that there can be that fire that's been sparked and ignited and they can run with that and different people can be, you know, empowered to flow in those spiritual gifts and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I really feel like I'm a, a, my ministry is to be a fire starter in the church and to really, you know, bring revival to the church in whatever area or way that I possibly can. Wow, that's awesome. So your podcast, um, mm-hmm. what's your podcast called and what what what's it about? Love to hear yeah. that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, so I am studying, my major is history and historical theology. And so I, as I've been studying church history, I'd find different things throughout church history that are really applicable to the church today and really quite inspiring to me mm. as I read about different revivalists, d- different reformers um, throughout church history, people who, you know, saw the dead rays and the prophetic gift and signs and wonders and miracles and that sort of thing. And so the whole podcast is basically focused on that. Um, what can church history teach the church of today? So um, it's a biographical podcast. So we look at different heroes of church history. So we might take someone like Martin Luther, um, Teresa of Avila, different people like this, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and we focus on them for one episode and it's very interview style. So I'll have a guest on and they'll basically take us through the life of this person and how they impacted the church and how they can inspire and equip the church of today. And really for us, it's really about just getting the picture of these inspiring people, men and women of God that God's used in the past mm-hmm. and using that to ignite um, a passion, a hunger in the church of today, people in the church of today to say, hey, God, if you did that, you know, 100 years ago, a 1,000 years ago through this person, I believe that you can do the same thing in me today that you can move in a powerful way through my life. So, yeah, really trying to share those stories and thoughts of church history's heroes to inspire and equip the church of today. Awesome. Okay, so um, 20th century, let's just talk about that 20th century mm. revivalists. Um, mm. Who's two or three of your favorites? Oh, I have a lot. <laughs> Obviously, William J. Seymour, um, absolute hero, leading the Azusa Street Revival. Um, one thing that really stands out to me about his story is his just absolute humility and the way that he facilitated the revival in such a way that he made God the centerpiece. It wasn't about him. It wasn't about, you know, his great preaching style or anything like that. He really just facilitated a community of people who are hungry for the moving of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and allowed God to move in a powerful way. So I love William J. Seymour. Uh, I love uh, Amy Semple McPherson, another mm-hmm. um, great one. I think what I love about her is... Um, the way that she used media and the way that she reached the popular culture and the way that she sort of broke new ground by bringing the gospel into these spaces, like with radio and different things like that, and the way that she presented the gospel in a way that connected with people's hearts, um, the way that she launched her church and different things like this, the Four Square Gospel, real incredible revivalist there. Um, I also love uh, Evan Roberts, again, for his mm. humility, um, seeking God in prayer um, for the revival in Wales. 
Um, yeah, these would probably be my favourites. Love Catherine Coleman for her healing ministry. Um, and then Benny Hinn more, me- more recently has really had a huge impact on my um, life and ministry. So I'd throw him in there as well. Wow. <laughs> what about you? Do you have some favourites? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. Um, yeah. You know, Catherine Coleman, because when mm-hmm. I was healed in one of her services when I was No way. Kid, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow, I, I, I saw her that. three times when I was very young. You know, I was probably wow. about eight, nine years old. Mm. So, yeah, healed that. So that's a big mm. thing. Um, the next person probably it's a toss up. I met Amy Semple McPherson's son, Rolf, before wow. he died. Um, Rolf yeah. McPherson before he died in L.A. and spent a bit of time with him. Um, you know, a lot of people obviously knew him. But for me, it was a great privilege and an honor. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was cool. So yeah, influence there. Um, yeah, John G. Lake, I think. Yeah. John oh Lake. yeah. John G. Lake's awesome as well. Yeah. So yeah, I love, yeah. love his stuff. So yeah, really Smith cool. Wigglesworth. I yeah, think oh yeah, yeah. The more that we talk about him, the more that there's like yeah. so many that are so influential and amazing. Yeah. Right. Maria Absolutely. Woodworth Edda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I have pictures of all these people on my wall. <laughs> Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I love them. You know, and, and that's so refreshing to hear, you know, from you. We're probably, uh, we're more than 20 years apart in age, I can tell yeah. you that. And <laughs> and to hear you share that, you know, yeah. because um, I, I really feel there's a fresh hunger mm. um, and yearning to really tap into that. Mm. But I think we're also in a place mm. where the Lord is, wanting us to move forward. I mean, we just hosted a conference in Toronto, Canada recently, and one of the leaders that, uh, you know, I, I reckon she's early 40s, she she made this statement. She said, you know, it's one thing to learn from the great leaders, the, the general, so to speak. It's another thing to, you know, to stay just fixated on them to the point that you don't go beyond and I feel mm. that the Lord is wanting yeah. to take us beyond in terms of revelation yeah. and demonstration. Totally. And so great. right now, one of the challenges globally mm-hmm. um, is the church kind of being redefined. What mm. will the church, particularly post-COVID globalism, post-modernism, um, mm. you know, all everything that's had the challenges that we're facing, what is the church going to look like? And because Jesus mm. is going to have a glorious church, there's no doubt about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, at Absolutely. least, you know, we may refer to that church as a remnant, whatever language we use. But mm. ultimately, what will that church look like, Layla, in your mm. opinion? And to really be effective, mm. to to make the difference. And like mm. your generation, younger um so important because we're not regenerating in many places mm. in the world leaders and it's mostly a mm. western phenomenon but it's happening even in other nations too and other parts yeah. of the world we're not the leaders pastors are getting older less mm. uh fewer and fewer younger mm. are wanting to be in ministry as well so yeah. Mm. So what, yeah, that's true. what's the, what's the secret sauce? What's the solution? <laughs> the secret <laughs> no sauce. I'm not sure I have all the answers. Um, I think one thing that we've been doing 
in a movement that I'm involved in and um, it's called Theos University. And so one thing that we're really passionate about is combating deconstruction, which is sort of very popular among young evangelicals who are really deconstructing their faith because they're realising that, you know, the doctrines and different things that they grew up on um, don't have a very solid foundation. And so they're thinking like, well, maybe if this isn't true, then, you know, what else isn't true and different things like that. So um, Theosu, we've got over sort of 30,000 people involved and and following the ministry. And it's really about turning back to the ancient church. What can we learn from the ancient church and historically Orthodox Christianity and sort of going back to our roots? And so I think that for me, at least that's one of the keys is looking at the ancient church, the early church. And this was a key in in the Pentecostal revival as well, just going back to, to what they believed and what they were built upon in the fivefold ministry that you talk about so beautifully and all of these different things and going back to what's fundamentally um, the essence of the church. Uh, so I think Gen Z and sort of younger millennials, we're really passionate about that authenticity. Um, we're sick of the business model church, commercialization of the church. I think that smells so off to a younger generation and we just have no time for it, no tolerance for it. Um, so where I see millennials and Gen Z really moving is I see them, you know, going out to, on the streets, preaching the gospel. Um, I see, you know, Gen Z, I've, I've seen lots of young leaders who have, you know, over 100,000 followers on Instagram and, and millions of followers on YouTube and different things like this. And they're preaching the gospel and they're, you know, really passionate about their faith and they're going out there and they're recording themselves, you know, on the streets in, in Europe and they're on the streets in Brazil and they're preaching the gospel, you know. So I think the church is definitely not dead. The church is definitely not going backwards. I think we're just sick of, you know, what the church has been made into that actually right. doesn't align with the right. historic um, church that, you know, God God has been building. And I really feel like this is a movement of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is actually reforming the church to actually go back to the future, I guess. So really go back to our roots, back to what was really important, back to what the church should be built upon. And I think that's what Gen Z and millennials are really hungry for and are leaning into. Um, Yeah. So I think, as as you said, the, the church that's very commercialized and that business type structure and, mm-hmm. you know, all of that, I think, yeah, um, I, I don't see that lasting into the next, you know, sort of decade or wow. 20 years, but I definitely see us, you know, returning to this more authentic um, early church sort of model. Wow. That's so good. Yeah. And, you know, I, I agree. I concur. And I know really um, my experience has been the same. You know, I just mm-hmm. interviewed Brian Barcelona. I'm not sure if you know who oh, he yes. is. Oh, yes. Yeah. He's okay. awesome. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, Brian's story, you know, yeah. the historically their experience was, yeah, do in-person stuff, reaching youth mm-hmm. and then COVID hits. So they do an online event and they're just kind of like, mm-hmm. well, I don't know if we might get 12 kids online, ends up being like over 30,000. Crazy, hey. I think Crazy. it was like a Zoom meeting too, you know. On the, yeah. It was like even Instagram or TikTok or anything. And it just. Crazy. Yeah. And so from there, and now they've got millions of followers and uh, incredible. Um, mm. So the retro future of the church, that's an expression mm. that I love. Um, mm. That is is where we're headed. So we're going back mm. to move forward mm. in a sense. And, and that's where we're headed. I mean. 
we are working with different leaders, emerging leaders, um, mm. certain places in the world where there's really awesome. a deep hunger to mm. pray, to connect with yeah. God, experience his Beautiful. glorious presence, his power. Mm. And as you said, to see um, really believers mobilized to mm. you know, do ministry. Yes. For mm. me, what I believe, and this is a big part of what we are advocating mm. in this season in particular, is mm. when you talk about the ascension gifts, the fivefold ministry in Ephesians mm. 4, 11, um, mm. a lot of times what's happened, particularly with my generation, everybody, you know, there, everyone was a pastor and then in certain demographics you're a bishop certain ecclesiastical mm. um yes you know structures or whatever um then and then now it's kind of like you're an apostle or you're prophet and mm. and that's more in the culture where titles are are valued yes. but um but yet you know if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck and <laughs> it's still a duck right yeah and, and nothing has changed in many respects. And, yeah. and so for me, this is what I feel. And I love for you to give your feedback mm. on this. Um, the part that starts in verse 12, which says mm. to equip the saints for the work of ministry, yes. the building up the body yeah. of Christ, you know, it talks about the fullness mm. of the stature of Jesus and each mm. part of the body activated. So in other words, mm. we've affirmed apostles and prophets and that's good mm. we we need to recognize the current um you know uh, relevance but um we also mm. have to move beyond that and f see the mm. function not just the affirmation but the function totally. of that to equip so that all of the believers so yeah. shifting from the you know from this passive kind of mode mm. where you go to church to where you become mm. the church and, absolutely and and so yeah so that's just a few thoughts but love to hear you mm. unpack that further yeah i love um i love the idea that you brought into the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry i think um what i had seen growing up say from the prophetic ministry or the teaching ministry or different things like this you know if you get a prophet in they'll do a prophetic service and you know the prophet will come and prophesy over you know 10 15 20 people in the service and that will be you know the box that we put the prophet in and the same mm -hmm. teacher you know the teacher will teach you know if we do some courses at church they'll teach in the bible college and that's what the teacher will do and so the boxes that we've put people in uh, when it comes to the fivefold I think need to expand, um, as you mentioned, in terms of their function throughout the body of Christ to equip the saints. And so I think moving from that, you know, the prophet comes and just prophesies on stage to 10 people into, you know, the prophet's role is to really, you know, call out the giftings on people and to see things before they're there and to bring, you know, direction and vision and different things like that. If we start having the prophets involved in, you know, mentoring people and leading people and having conversations with, you know, all these different people within the church and, you know, leadership teams and different things like that, then you get that prophetic equipping, prophetic influence all the way throughout the church, permeating the church rather than just having them doing, you know, a, a pro prophetic um, concert for us, you know, in one service. Um, so, yeah, I think it's super important for us to have the fivefold, not just in token, 
only in a token yeah. position for what they might be, you know, known for in that category and to say, okay, you can do this and you can do this. But actually the way we're building the church is on, you know, leadership and CEOs and different things like yeah. that. I think when we actually get all of these different giftings and, and these gifts of Jesus to the church actually immersed in the church structure and immersed within the people, um, I think they start to overflow as, as they're living in, in that church structure and they're ministering to people and they're um, developing people, mentoring people, discipling people, that starts to have an effect where your church is brought into the fullness of maturity um, as it talks about in that passage as well. So, um, yeah, I think moving away from just a token um, a token style acknowledgement of those offices more so to the function and recognizing what does that function look like structurally, which I know that you work with churches to do, Pastor Glenn, um, and, and really unpacking that I think is very important for moving forward in that space. Wow. So good. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, I mean, this is kind of a, a question that just came to mind. I'm like, if you were to start a church, if you were going to go to a particular city, you know, the Lord called you to go there and you're going to start a, a local church, a community, whatever, um, you know, you want to call it. Um, what would it look like? What would my church look like? Oh, yeah. that's a great question. Um, I don't have any, any any vision to start a church at the moment, but um, so, I, so I think- let me, let me just rephrase that then. Okay. So, um, Rather than what would it look like your church if you were the pastor, but if in order to be effective, really, mm. and and to yeah. reach, you know, mm. younger millennials, Gen Z, mm. what would be kind of the elements? What would that look mm. like? What do you think would we yeah. need to do today? I mean, teach yeah. teach the old dog new tricks. <laughs> I don't know if I, I have anything to teach, but um, yeah, I think some key elements for me would be, you know, a, a strong team, whether that's, you know, two or three people, mm. um, a group of people that we're sending out or we're being sent out from somewhere together. So I wouldn't just do it with no covering. I would obviously have, you know, apostle that I'm connected with and that we're being sent out of this place. We're going together. We're doing it. You know, Jesus sent out his disciples two by two. You know, they went as teams and they went and they ministered together. So I'd go with uh, a team um, and I'd start in prayer, probably just praying over um, that city, that place, wherever we've been put and then go from there the prayer um aspect then i would start you know releasing the evangel whoever the evangelist is on our team we we really start to get them equipping us to then reach that culture that people group um just actually starting to you know share the gospel with people um get something happening in that space working out how we can evangelize that community uh and then i think from there yes yeah, start to um just have small gatherings of of praise and worship and the word and obviously all, all of those key elements that we see in the early church in the Acts model, um, I'd probably build from there. But, yeah, covering, prayer, um, fivefold, I think all of those things would be essential for me. Yeah, evangelism. And, yeah. Yeah, so discipleship. Um, mm. Let's talk about discipleship a bit. I mean, yeah. what does that look like to you? Yeah, I think for me, the model is Jesus, <laughs> you know, Jesus and his disciples. I think there's no greater model. Uh, and I think um, it looks like doing life with people. I think it looks like uh, having, you know, spiritual mothers and fathers 
um, raising sons and daughters in the faith. Um, yeah, I think it's Paul, what Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. It's, you know, having people that you can follow and people that are following you. I think it looks like Paul and Timothy and Titus. It looks like, you know, submission in terms of the the person being discipled um, and, and honour and respect and um, a, a desire to follow from them. And then it also looks like um, a desire to follow Jesus from, from the person discipling. Um, but, yeah, I just love the, the model of Jesus and the model of Paul. I think um, it, for me I, it's, it's coming across like I'm really bitter about the whole business model of church, but I really, I really don't like the way that we've sort of come into this space where we have this you know the pastor of of a mega church and they you know are, are the preacher on the stage and you know people come and they consume a service once a week and yeah. you know put my kids in kids church and whatever i just don't think that's what discipleship actually looks like it looks like you know the pastor being in the community whoever that is obviously if it's a mega church it can be scaled down you have many pastors but actually like building the lives of the believers and actually leading and guiding them into um, spiritual maturity and whatever that looks like and then empowering and equipping believers to go and do the same to make disciples and fulfill that great commission so yeah, I think when we look at Jesus, we see such an incredible model of the way that he just walked, talked, lived um, with the disciples and taught them uh, every single day um, how they can follow him in the ways of God and how they can then disciple others. Yeah. And, you know, it's so true. I mean, not to by any means just simplify things for the mm-hmm. sake of being simple, but realistically it is just doing what jesus did you know yeah yeah i think so i think that's the key um that's awesome (laughs) so yeah bless you (laughs) so with what's happening in the world right now you know Mm -hmm. there's this aversion widespread aversion toward institutional church we've got Mm. the nuns and the duns you know (laughs) the nuns are those who are um, no longer affiliated with institutional or organized Mm. religion church aka church um they love jesus and many of them Mm. but they just don't want to be part of the institutional church now Mm. um, i'm not going to ask you to comment on that directly because Mm. i'm the one who's opening this up and i'll I'll comment on that yeah then we have the we have the you know the the duns right and and basically that overlap so you've got the wolves who are like i'm done with church so Mm. for me um the whole aspect of church obviously is jesus that i will build my church so we we have to value the church you know one of the i'm not sure who it was it was polycarp or made a statement years ago about basically even though the church may be a harlot she's still the mother and Mm. and uh that's strong i get it but ultimately Mm. we we look at the church and we go okay there's a lot of issues in the church and then you referred to for example Mm. the whole business model um Mm. which the church was never meant to be Mm. that obviously it's meant to be a family um Mm. but in terms of people connecting with the church, which is the body of Christ, mm-hmm. community, um, all of that, 
how do we redeem mm. kind of the negative experiences and somewhat justified stereotypes how do we redeem that today you know i mean how do we connect with those who are the the nuns and the duns let's just put it that yeah. way yeah mm. to be honest i think it's one on one i think it's personal connection i think um from different studies and stuff that i've come across mm. um they've said that people's perception of church can be changed uh basically by having a friend like yourself or myself who wow. actually gives them a clear picture of what wow. it means to be a christian and so um if they're engaging with you and you're sharing the gospel with them and you're living you know a righteous life and you're living a life to to really gl- glorify jesus and to reach them um it will change their perception of what the church is um so you wow. are the hands and feet of jesus and so i think people can have an idea of what it might look like but we actually can change their perception um by coming into their world and by doing what jesus said by going into all the world and reaching them you know making disciples um sharing the gospel with these people and showing them um that jesus is is the light of the world in us um right. so yeah so uh, for me like when i encounter people who are like you know so off church so done with church and different things like that i i love having those sorts of conversations i had um one of my uh people that i go to see like he's my dentist um he was someone who you know left church ages ago and uh i went in and and basically saw him had no idea that he had ever been in church and um he started asking me about my phd and what i was doing and then uh, by the end of that conversation he said oh do you mind if i come to to check out your church can i have wow. a, you know can i have, and now he's plugged into our church he's part of a life group he's wow. you know loving awesome. jesus god's changed and transformed his life but, but he was definitely in that category of like completely done with church, completely done with, you know, religion, all that sort of stuff. I, I believe in God, but I don't want anything to do with the church. Wow. And really now is, you know, God's totally changed his whole perception. So I think, yeah, we shouldn't be turned off by that. We shouldn't be um, scared of that. I think we should actually just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us and to minister to people through us to see, you know, the picture of what what the true church is actually like. So good. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, very, very well said. And what a powerful testimony you just shared about the dentist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. Praise God. Hey, um, Ephesians 4, just going back to that, this is just something that the Lord's really been downloading to me, and I've been preaching on this Mm -hmm. a lot, is, you know, I've I've looked at the story of Ezekiel, where he was told to prophesy to the dry bones, and can these bones live? Um, Mm. You know, obviously, if if it was not possible, the Lord wouldn't have asked him that question, Mm. but he had to come into into agreement with the Lord, and so... What I think is happening, you know, we look at what God's doing and he's trying to bring revival, so to speak, because mm. there's death. And mm. we we see that reformation. And, and I use the term reformation mm. in the sense that when you look at the bones, they mm. had to come together. They had to reform what yep. was obviously uh, a structure um mm. and before it could become exceedingly great army and ephesians 4 really is about that because it's all about mm. one man becoming the body of christ and the yeah. purpose of the fivefold mm. is to equip the saints so that each part 
of the body mm. would make its contribution. Um, yep. The New Living puts it this way. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that mm. the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so what I'm saying is, so we, have, we need revival, absolutely, mm. but we need reformation in the yeah. sense that just rather than all these bones scattered everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, you know, you can be a body part. We have yeah. many body parts today. People know who they are. They know their calling, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they're not part of the body. Um, they're just yes. off functioning autonomously. Yeah. And But the Lord wants to bring that together. So the second part mm-hmm. is the reforming of that body, becoming the body so of Christ. And as yeah. you said, people through spending time with people one-on-one mm-hmm. each mm-hmm. member of the body mm-hmm. would do that now what are we doing representation mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is representing jesus when yeah. he was on the earth he represented the father mm-hmm. and now we're called as his body to represent him mm-hmm. and i really feel that's a real simple way to summarize what mm-hmm. Ephesians. yeah about. i love that um and what you're saying, you know, with mm-hmm. Gen Z, younger millennials is, mm-hmm. yeah, they want this. Um, yes. Yep. Yeah, they totally. want this. And I'm so glad mm-hmm. that we are like this whole corporate model. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that it's dying out. It, yeah. It, I am so glad. Totally. I mean, it was, I don't think it was ever God's will. Um, just saying. Mm-hmm. But I think that we, the Lord's so gracious. He works with us and we need strong leadership and we need apostolic leadership and, Mm -hmm. you know, running things, prophetic leadership too, all that. But ultimately Mm -hmm. we're at a point now where the Lord is, I think, adding the final touch to it in that he's yeah. Activating his body through the fivefold. Mm. Um, What I wanted to say really, as we just wind down our conversation Mm. here is, if you could do it all over again, meaning, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, step into um, ministry Mm -hmm. and, you know, just, is there anything that you would do differently? If so, what would that be? Mm, Yeah. Not just what you're doing (laughs) now, but the preparation part, the, yeah. I mean, what, what have you learned? You've, there's got to be something. Mm. Oh, I think there would be so many things that I, that are, so many areas where I've made mistakes. Um, but I think that's the beauty of, of discipleship and growing in ministry. I think if someone's not making any mistakes, obviously they're probably not doing anything or they're probably right. not doing much. Right. Um, yeah, I think um, for me, the, the part where I've sort of had to grow the most um, is in confidence in leadership I think uh, uh, my my personal default would be to be like a Gideon like oh I'm not good enough I'm not you know I can't do that I can't do this and sort of God has to sort of push me into you know opportunities and different things like that so um, I think yeah somewhere along the way obviously I did I did learn that but uh, I think yeah just getting around people who could have just you know built my confidence sooner and different things like that and really called out um, those things in me, I think, wow. um, would have been helpful. Um, yeah, I think 
lots of things I sort of learned along the way because I did have such great people in my world. Just, you know, so I, I didn't have to go too long in the mistakes place or, or, or doing things that I regretted because I, I had people sort of recalibrating me along the way. So I didn't do anything too badly. Um, but yeah, I think just growing in, in that confidence in my calling and, and who I was and, mm. and as a minister and just being bold in that, I think, um, yeah, I wish that I had sort of learned that a bit sooner um, and not tried to, you know, be a people pleaser and stuff in ministry, oh, but actually okay. been a bit more bold in my leadership and discipleship and stuff. So, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for yeah. sharing that and being transparent. Mm-hmm. I know I kind of put you on the spot, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, that was great. Great response. Yeah, so mm-hmm. good. Hey, um, Layla, soon to be Dr. Layla. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I'm so, honestly, I'm so excited um, about what the Lord's doing in you and through you and how oh, he's using you. you and, you know, your generation um, mm. and younger. It's such an exciting time to be alive with this great mm. reformation that we're in right now. Yeah, and uh, I think the churches, the leaders that will not go the way the Holy Spirit is leading us, which is going back, as you mm. said, to the ancient past, to the scriptural mm. ways, yeah. then they're going to be, uh, they're going to miss out. And it's, that would be sad. Mm. God is about to do mm. some amazing things. And yeah. there's such a hunger. Like I just got invited by some leaders in the large, to come to the largest Muslim country in the world, wow, um, Indonesia and gather with, leaders mm. in five different cities and teach the pastors on the fivefold and how to implement that. Wow. So and awesome. Such a hunger for this. Mm. You know, with what so good. Doing. And again, it's mm. not about us. Fivefold serves to the mm. body of Christ, right? And ultimately yeah. the mission of Jesus. Mm. Um, so just really excited about, you know, what the Lord's doing in, mm. in you guys as through you guys as well. And uh, to be connected. Um, your website, we've got it here on the screen. For those listening to the podcast, it's Layla, okay, Nahavandi, dot com. right? Yeah, well done. Yeah, you got it. So, yeah, check it out, guys, and website. So what people go to your website, your Instagram, whatever, they connect with you, but like – what is it like that you you're doing? I mean, obviously in the digital space, what are you doing? You got yeah. your podcast, other stuff. Yeah, so podcast. It's called the Eagle and Child Podcast. We're on Instagram. Uh, I've also got a YouTube channel, which I've sort of just launched recently. So um, at the moment, it's got some of our Eagle and Child podcasts up there. I'm going to be doing more and more videos next year. Um, we've got a 365 Bible reading devotional, so daily devotional if you want to read through the Bible in one year. Uh, and that's on you version as well. Um, wow, and then, really? yeah, so just, just launching today. And then, um, yeah, I've got my Instagram, personal Instagram, just my, my name. Um, that's all I can think of online. Yeah. yeah. Um, are you on TikTok? I mean, it's kind of, oh, yeah, I've, I've got right? like a few videos on TikTok. I need to do <laughs> post more on TikTok, but yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, but no, it's funny because, you know, Facebook's for old people, Instagram, kind of younger millennials and TikTok's Gen Z TikTok's or whatever. Gen but, Z. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, no, that's cool. 
Well, thank you so much, Layla, for your time mm-hmm. and being um, part of this this chat. And oh, uh, love for you just to pray and closing. Yeah, and yeah. be awesome. Lord God, we just thank you for the incredible opportunity to spend time today just discussing yeah. calling and uh, fivefold ministry and church structures and Gen Zs and millennials. God, we just pray for anyone who's been watching this conversation, engaged in this conversation today, Lord. If they don't know their calling, if they um, don't have an awareness of what you're calling them to today, God, I pray even right now you would give them visions, you would give them dreams, you would drop something in their spirit and their heart about what you're calling them to do with their lives, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, help any church leaders, any pastors who are watching this, Lord God, to provide those environments that we've been talking about that really do release the fivefold, that release people in their callings and their giftings and raise up Gen Zs and millennials and young people to be um, released in their calling, God. We pray also for this reformation that we've been talking about in the church, moving into the future, sort of going back to those ancient ways. God, we pray for the church. We thank you that you are making your church glorious. You are making your church strong. We thank you, Lord, that we are going to see a mighty harvest of souls, a great revival over these next uh, years, Lord God. We just declare that signs and wonders and miracles, a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit, that people will be evangelizing people like we talked about my dentist. Anywhere and everywhere they go, they will be reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we also thank you that, Lord, you would, um, help us to change the structures of our churches to be in line with your model for the church moving forward, Lord God, so that all of these things can be working together in a way that just builds people up for your glory, Lord God. And I just thank you uh, for Pastor Glenn and Lynn as well, Lord. I thank you for your blessing over their ministry and everyone that they're reaching today. And we just give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Wow. So good. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Layla. Thank you. Yeah, what so joy. cool. What an honor yeah. to be on. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm thinking and I'd love to have you on talk about, you know, the different leaders throughout history and the church mm, at a different time as well. That'd be cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in and watching mm-hmm. this, listening to the podcast. And hey, would you please subscribe, rate, leave a review, do all that stuff. Check out kingdomcommunity.tv as well. And uh, we'll talk to you on the flip side. Blessings. Thanks for joining us today at the Kingdom Community. We trust that you are encouraged as a result of spending time with us. We exist to connect, equip, and send you out into the world to fulfill your destiny and advance the kingdom of God. To learn more about the Kingdom Community, please visit our website, kingdomcommunity.global. Again, our website is kingdomcommunity.global. Together, we are better.